But welcome back for our another episode of our podcast of trying to uh, move our conversations, dialogues into uh, an everyday common space. The the luxury of having a, an, a, a medium like a podcast is that we can speak. And depending on where you're at and listening, this is hopefully in part of your everyday routine. It's not just going to church or sitting in a small group where a lot of times we think of discipleship or following Christ, but it's actually in uh, your ex- existence of what you're doing and in every single day. And, and in that, you're rubbing shoulders with people, you're, you're looking at the world, you're, you're making decisions on p- what is valuable, what is important, you are pursuing uh, your idea of what is good. All these things are discipleship questions, and we want to bring that uh, a little bit more into an, an everyday existence. So if this is your first time listening, again, we're glad to have you, but uh, just want to make sure you're aware. My name is Pastor Dan, and uh, with me I've got two guys. I'm Mike. And I'm Ryan. And uh, we are at a church in Manor, PA, called Refuge Church. And uh, our whole design and purpose is this, is to be able to make discipleship look like it's actually uh, effective in our lives. It's not just conversations. And so we try to bring up some topics and discussions about what does that look like. Uh, We don't always wrap it up, but we don't always have all the answers. But we want to be able to begin that dialogue. And, And we really feel that at the core of what discipleship is, is being with Jesus. Not just what you do, but but being with him. And that's hard sometimes to quantify. It's hard to understand, well, what does it mean to actually be with Jesus? What does it mean to abide, you maybe have heard, or in a relationship, or follow Jesus? Those kind of conversations, those things what were really at the, the center of this. And we want to start talking about one of the aspects of what it looks like. One of the rhythms we use on a regular basis to be with Jesus is the idea of worship. And if you've been around church or if you've been around anything that is religious, you understand worship. In fact, you don't even have to be religious or around church to understand worship because we see it all over our culture from politicians to music artists to football or sports teams to uh, any sorts of things that when you see a level of uh, devotion or passion or uh, even sorts of uh, terminology and phrases used over and over again, uh, these are all acts of worship. In fact, uh, what we want to do in this episode is really define what that is. What is worship? And so um, we're going to kick it off to these guys and throw it to, to them a little bit. But uh, Mike, uh, just as simple as that, what is worship? Yeah, well, uh, I think I said here before, um, you know, my, my background in ministry has been in worship ministry for, um, oh, geez, I don't know, a couple of years now. Um, and in that, I, I feel like one of the things that I have been learning and growing into, and I've said it here before, is, uh, you know, I, I really believe that all, um, all praise is worship, but not all worship is praise. And the reason that I think that that is an important distinction is because I think sometimes we can run into people who say that they go to church and do go to church and they do different things and everything like that, but they don't necessarily live the lifestyle that that Jesus is in in, in scripture is calling them to live, but they believe that they worship God and because they sing on Sundays. And I would say in one sense, I think that's true, right? Because you're praising him. But 
I think that it goes a little bit deeper than that. I find the words of uh, Mark Lederbach um, helpful where he says that worship requires that we give to the correct God, which is the one true God, all praise, honor, and glory he is due from the heart as he instructs in every aspect of our existence, both by ourselves and corporately with all people created in his image, which is a mouthful. Um but what I really like about that is this idea that it is something that is really lived out, that it is something that is not just coming together and singing and lifting up praise, but it's also really glorifying God and doing so from, from your heart, which is what um, scripture instructs us, what the Lord has instructed us to do. And we do this with every aspect of our existence. So with our thoughts, with um, our actions, and we do it by ourselves individually, but also we can do it with other people um, who are also created in the image of God, right? And so that's why I like that definition, um, I because I think sometimes it's a little bit of a cop-out if we just focus on the music aspect of it. It makes it too simple, and I think God's calling us deeper. Okay, good. And, uh, you know, one of the ways we define things is, is letting kind of looking at what it's not or uh, expanding it. And what you're trying to expand is the idea. It's not just, just song. Uh, and most times we associate worship with singing uh, or we call it worship songs. And uh, that, is, that is an element, whether privately or corporately, but uh, there's so much more uh, to that. In fact, you know, one of the things that you see throughout scripture is, is worship, it is much more of, uh, again, a, a reflection of our hearts. Um, you know, Jesus tells the story, not necessarily about worship, but a little bit about worship when he talks about, uh, our giving or our offerings and, uh, the woman that had very little gave out of her, out of what she had. And the, the, the person who had a lot gave out of uh, an idea of trying to look good. And Jesus is basically saying, you know, Hey, the one that gave, because they gave from a genuine place, there was a genuineness to it. Uh, you see in the old Testament, many times they tried to treat Jesus as a good luck charm or the ark as a good luck charm. And they just says, okay, if I just have, have my ark or have my Jesus or not Jesus at the time, but God with us, we're going to win the battles. And it wasn't a genuineness. And there's, there's more to that. Um, you know, the idea of, again, you, you even heard, you know, it's not the sacrifice that I want. It's the, it's the worship. So, uh, you know, we, we have to understand a little bit more of that genuineness. Yeah. And I think that's, that's one of the things I like about, even in this definition, it talks about to the correct God, which, which feels a little bit aloof, um, until I think you, you start to think about it because the, the claim of Christianity and, um, and in Judaism is that th as well as other faith traditions is that they know who the one true God is. And we hear that a lot, um, in our circle, right? But I think that's important as it relates to this conversation because you have to understand who it is that you're worshiping. And you kind of got at that in your intro a little bit, yeah. right? And I think that as, at least for me, as I was on my, on, on, the, on the path that God had put me on to, to get saved, part of that process has been like, is there a God? Mm. And if there is a God, who is he or she or it like really just getting down and dirty and trying to figure that out. And so it, particularly in this 
conversation. It's, it's not just a Christian claim of the correct God. This God is not just the God of the Christians. Mm -hmm. It's the God over the entire cosmos Mm -hmm. and whether or not you choose to the Christian faith tradition chooses to worship him, Mm -hmm. but others do not. It doesn't negate his existence. It's not like he to, as I was just thinking about like the good luck charm and all that stuff as you're bringing that up. It's not like just because he has 15 members in his club, he's stronger. He just yeah. is. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think that's important just as we're considering. Yeah. yeah. And, and you know, and, and just to keep going with that is it's so, so the motivation behind it as well, too. So, you know, uh, I can treat worship as an act that um, God desires and then God will then smile upon me. Okay, so uh, I went to worship today or I worship today. Therefore, I'm going to have a good day and good things are going to come my way. Um, And so uh, not even just the definition of it, but the the motivation behind it or the the reasons why uh, is significant. Uh, Ryan, what, what, what about you? When we think of defining worship, what comes to your mind? I mean, I always think just going back to, you know, the first time worship is seen in the Bible, which is, you know, Abraham going out with Isaac and they go, you know, to sacrifice him. Abraham says, you know, I and the boy will, will go off and worship and we will come back, you know, and they didn't have any musical instruments. (laughs) They had some wood, a knife, you know, the fire, you know, the fire that they're going to make. That was like their instruments of worship. There was a sacrifice involved, but you know, it's cool when you look at the definition there, um, in the Hebrew of, I'm not going to try to pronounce the word, (laughs) what worship is, it, it says to bow down before God, to honor with prayers. It doesn't talk at all even about singing. So it's interesting there just looking at that as God was looking for something that was deeper than just purely making a, a sound come out of your voice or, you know, following along with some lyrics. And I think a lot of times, you know, myself included, you grow up and you think, well, yeah, you know, it's time for worship. We just look at the words on the screen, we read them, you know, yeah. and, and that's worship. But you know, what God was looking for was, was a heart laid down, mm-hmm. you know, this, this laying down of self, this, this giving something truly, maybe it's just your time and your attention, but mm-hmm. giving yourself over to God. And I think it's connected to with sight, you know, seeing him, there is now response to worship what you've seen. Because, you know, we are worshipful people. We've been made to worship. And, you know, the things that we can't stop thinking about, you know, yeah. are often probably, it could be what we're worshiping, you know, yeah. just these things that we, you know, whatever, our dreams or our passions or things, it's, you know, are we aware? Maybe that's our, our highest praise. And, you know, I love this quote by Andrew Murray. Um, he says, It is not only prayer that is worship. Worship is the prostrate laying down adoration of his holy presence, often without words. Hmm. And I think that really communicates it's, it's something deeper. It can look, it can come out as words, but it's something deeper. That's cool because you can be worshiping Jesus in a meeting. You you can be worshiping him, you know, while you're at home, you know, and I think it just brings it to a place of, while wow, God has made us to be able to worship him yeah. in a deep place that doesn't require, you know, singing in the grocery store. Yeah. Well, yeah, I bring up a, a few points, you know, that, that are interesting, you know, and we won't have the time in this episode to expand upon it, but you know, the idea that your work can be worship. 
Yeah. Know, uh, and uh, your care, uh, your hospitality, your generosity, um, you know, the exercising of gifts and talents, uh, your service. There, there's so many levels of, of what worship can be. You also uh, talked about the idea that uh, we're made to worship. Mm. And, um, you know, it's, a, it's an interesting thought when you think about, you know, do you have to be taught to worship? Um, on one, one side of it, yeah, you do, because we can fall into fake ideas of worship. But the other part of it, we know we don't cause, cause we understand worship. There's something about the way that we've been designed. And, and again, all of us here would understand because we have a designer, uh, but the way that we've been designed, um, we worship, uh, just like we don't have to really be taught to want to be in relationship, but we are in relationship because we, we are created that way. Just, uh, you know, other things in life too, that, you know, just, just, we don't have to be taught those things. Now we got to sometimes be taught how to be good in them. <laughs> uh, and I think that's what we're talking about here. And how, how do we be good or understand the, what is good worship or what, what God intends by worship. But as I mentioned earlier, you, you look around, uh, we're, we're uh, saturated as a society of the idea of worship. And it goes back way beyond even the pop culture. And, you know, you look to, you know, uh, the way that they viewed kings and queens or they viewed, um, you know, certain idols or certain the gods and this idea that we've always felt like we know worship is a part of of just uh, humanity. And, you know, when you think about it, it's it's a reaction to something that we deem worthy uh, or worth our worship. And so when we come before God and we are giving or laying down, as you said, or we're praising, bringing adoration, or we're, we're uh, living and, and breathing the, the very things he's given to us, we are claiming he is worthy of this thing. And, you know, that, that might change a little bit about uh, what you think that idea of worship is because uh, you're recognizing do I, do I see that God is worthy of this? Like, you know, it's not, um, just a sacrifice where I'm losing out, but it's a sacrifice of, of Thanksgiving because of him being worthy. Um, you know, Mike, maybe you can share just a little bit like for yourself, uh, you know, what's some of the most worshipful things that you do, or as you define worship and in, in you personally, like, uh, how does that actually look in your life? Yeah. Um, complicated and simple. Um, I, I, I think as I'm listening in this conversation and even just reflecting, um, you know, it really gets to, to a lot of what Ryan and then you were expanding on, which is the, the, the posture, right? The position, um, which I really think is me saying, God, I'm not you. And because I'm not you, I am recognizing the aspects of you that you allow me to see, um, and how much greater you are. And that's not a hard thing. Like that sounds like something that's like, well, that takes a lot of work to like sit there and be like, well, God, you're this beautiful thing. We see a play on TV and we're like, wow, that was a great catch. It's not hard to recognize something that's greater than yourself and to acknowledge it. Um, we do this every single day, but I think to your point, it's in, in terms of like, who or what are we, are we giving it to? And I, as I think about my own life, it has been like years of just recognizing, okay, I am not God. Like even the, I mean this last week I don't have control. That's okay. Mm -hmm. 
because the God that I serve does. And not only is he a God or the God, but he is my God Mm -hmm. and that's his title. And that's, that's what he has, you know, given to himself as this personal relational being. And I can recognize through creation and then through, uh, the, the word and then through the literal physical word in Jesus, how he has revealed himself and I can give him praise and adoration and honor and really honestly, like learning to take that and deflect that off of yourself, not in a self-deprecating way, because God has made you in his image. There's wonderful things about you, but I think really just learning to humble yourself. I even think about like social media, like in one sense, social media is really about building isolated houses of worship. How many followers do you have? Mm Mm-hmm. Right. That's the language that we use. And now do I think that's all nefarious? No, Mm -hmm. but I do think that we just need to be careful about how we think about this. If we're going to come and talk about followers of Jesus and then talk about followers of Ryan Mm -hmm. in the same way, like we need to define some of those terms a little bit. And, um, you know, for me, it's, it's been hard. I can, I like to hold court at a table. Mm -hmm. I like whenever I have a lot of attention and whenever I'm good at something and people are, like, I, I just, I enjoy that. And I have found in my life though, that in the meaningful moments, all of those people that wanted to be around me and I like to receive that weren't there. Mm-hmm. Most of them weren't. Mm-hmm. And yet this great God who in some cases I was taking worship away from mm-hmm. has always been there for me. Mm-hmm. And so for you, some of that is just, uh, it's a mental um, uh, awareness, but shift to say, you know, again, as simple as the Lord's Prayer, not not my will, but thy will, focusing on who he is. Yeah, um, it's like a, a contemplative cognitive discipline, I think, mm-hmm. because it's, it's, I think as we, you know, engage in, in aspects of discipleship, it's, it, there is a without using this term too loosely, a holistic of, of mm-hmm. engaging your mind, um, your soul from mm-hmm. the spiritual side, but then also your body. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So cognitive contemplatively. Yeah, sure. Okay. Right. How about you? What's some practical things as you, uh, understand a worship? Yeah. I, I think for, for me, it comes from truly who, who is this man? Who is this God? You know, who is this Jesus? And, you know, I find just myself, the, the greatest moments of worship I've ever had have not been at a concert, you know, or at like a, you know, just, just me and the Lord in a quiet place, you know, and, and it's just like the word opened up and just, there's this life that comes. And I think just recognizing the the presence of God and just knowing God is here right now, you know, and just that it's just almost, it's just something deep from the heart, you know, and it's just, being able to know, God, you are, you are absolutely here and you are enough. And I think from that place, just of whether it's words coming out, you know, or just thoughts, but you know, it's just, Lord, I worship you. There's no one like you, you know, and it's just these simple, like, um, expressions of, you know, love or, um, and then I find too, just going throughout the day, if it's like, you know, if I'm getting all flustered or whatever, or just have lost, like, I can't, (laughs) I can't sense that the Lord's here. Just taking that moment, just pause Mm. and just kind of get quiet and then wait. And okay, Lord, thank you. (laughs) I praise you. You know, you're here, you're in this place. Um, and that has just been, it's a sweet, like just 
it carries me throughout my day. And when I am not just aware of Lord, you're here, you know, I, mm-hmm. I can sense your nearness. I'm just a mess. You know? <laughs> so yeah. it's like, I so quickly will start worshiping the wrong things or, you know, my mind gets filled with so many. So I find there's this centering of like that alone time with God. And then just throughout the day, having times of just pause mm-hmm. and just re just gaze upon who he is, knowing his word, you know, mm-hmm. who, who is this, this King of glory? Good, good. I, I know for myself, I, um, it's something that has to be very intentional, uh, because, uh, if it's not, I will fall to the least common denominator, my kind of my default mode. And, uh, it'll be about myself, my agenda, my plans. And so, uh, I have to be very intentional, um, to set up time, um, to be able to, to worship. And, and, um, that is really just a check in my own spirit to be able to do that. But probably the most uh, significant times of worship for me are the times that are just, just caught off guard. Uh, and that might be driving in a car that might be in a, in a conversation that might be dealing with something really difficult and just feeling his presence or his peace in that. That might even be sometimes, you know, I just catch myself off guard, like, wow, why am I thinking about this? Oh, maybe God's wanting to do something. And, and, and it's like, man, isn't God so cool that he is? And I think Mike alluded to it. He's a big God, but he's also a a really, really personal God, intimate God. And it's that intimacy with God and me that, uh, I really feel my soul just, just, just yearning and longing for. And yet then when I receive it, um, it is, um, you know, just a, a, a sweet reaction, just, man, how good is God? You know, uh, I think sometimes my relationships, uh, human relationships are a lot like that. I, I have to schedule times with people and, and, and if I don't, because we can get lost in things, but then if all it was, was scheduled time, uh, that'd be kind of boring because you feel like you're just being scheduled because there's the, it's the, it's the other moments. It's the spontaneousness. It's the, um, you know, just the want to, or the other moments when it just happens. And so if, if you're a type of person that is a scheduled person, be scheduled with God. If you're a type of person that that is more spontaneous and go with the flow, then be spontaneous and go with the flow. But both of those things are, I think needed to have a a real sustainable relationship. And again, that's what we've been talking about here. Being with Christ, being with God is a real sustainable relationship. And so for my worship, um, and and it's a lot like both these guys, it's, it's more reflective, uh, more, um, introspective on my life and what's going on. I, I get more quiet. I get more thinking and processing things. Um, but it, it has to be scheduled and also spontaneous. And, and, um, you know, those two aspects of it is, is what I, uh, just find myself just getting to a spot of just be like, you know, man, God is so good. Um, which ultimately seems to be the, the, the theme of my life and recognizing the goodness of God and to be able to see that in so many different ways, um, you know, is, is just a, a sweet, um, just a relationship that we have. And so if you're a person that's just kind of struggling with what worship is, I, I'd encourage you to start looking around your life and just take an honest inventory of what you already, already worshiping. 
that you might find that you're pretty good at worship. <laughs> you just struggle to uh, understand what does that look like in a relationship with God, in, in relationship with Christ. So find what you already are worshiping and kind of see what are the things that make you want to worship those things. And then start understanding, unpacking, how, how can that look into a God? As as Mike said, we, we are good at worshiping other things, but will those other things be there? Or will those other things live up to the worthiness of your worship? Um, chances are they're, they're going to, they're not, they're going to fail uh, because they're, they're finite and they're limited. Yet God is not. And so, uh, you know, I always tell people, if you can do it in one area, you can do it in the others. And so when you learn that and you, you understand that, you can, you can start moving into a, a season of, of just worship, not just song, not just quiet times, but just a, a, a season of understanding who God is and his worthiness to be worshiped. As always, if you have questions, we'd love to help out. Uh, you can email us at info at churchrefuge.com, and uh, we'll continue on, and hopefully you'll be able to continue to join us as we keep talking about worship.